Hello, ladies and gentlemen, everything in between. You're listening to 90.3 WMC Upper Montclair yep. with your host, Sam. And Midge. With Fandom Fair. Yay! And we have uh, multiple guests here today. We have our favorite roommate, Sean. Hello. Uh, we have uh, best friend, Joe. Hi. Yeah, she's back because we we're talking about Star Wars. Uh, who would have guessed? And we have not one but two ADJs. Would you guys like to introduce yourselves? Turn this mic on? Yeah, it's on. Yeah, it's on. Hi, I'm Emily Guercia. And, and I'm Joe Schweitzer. Okay, um, so we're talking about one of the same four things again, which is Star Wars. Star Wars. Um, but Sean over here is a PR major. Yeah. Yes, I know I've been on the show a few times, but let me just do like another like brief introduction about myself. So hi, my name is Sean. I am a PR major at here at Montclair, and I also love Star Wars. And one of my first times on the radio, I remember like talking about we were talking about Bad Batch. I thought it was like a PR kind of thing, and Sam be like, "Oh, that's a great idea. Do like PR the Empire." We kind of put it off for a little bit, but now we actually have it here. Because now you're not like, well, you're still swamped with homework. But oh, you don't you don't even want to know the amount of things <laughs> I have to do tonight. <laughs> um, but Sean finally had some time. When I mean time, he was doing this at like two a.m. last yeah. night, um, talking about uh, PR. Yes. Of- of the Empire, which also, Joe, I think you had suggested that really cool idea when I brought you on like a couple weeks ago to talk yeah, about Clone Wars. Can lean into more to the mic, please. I don't really remember uh, <laughs> the whole of what I had said, but I think I said something along those lines because that sounds like an esoteric topic I'd be interested in. So take it away, Penny. <laughs> okay so before you kind of get into like the background and like everything that goes along with star wars i kind of wanted to go into like the basic like pr formula and stuff this is stuff i learn in classes this is all from my textbook so there's about like four phases in the whole like pr thing so phase one which is the research phase which includes situation which is what's going on organization which is who's endorsing the campaign or project and three the publics who are the targets the second is strategy, where that includes goal, goals and objective, objectives, action and response strategies, and using effective communication. Phase three, which is like the phase that like everyone would know about, which is tactics, which is basically like what you are doing in terms of the campaign, like putting doing like a celebrity sponsorship or like stuff like that. That's like something that everyone would kind of like know from a PR campaign. And the last is just the evaluation of, like, what happened, which is basically just, like, a month. Let's just say, like, it's a month after the campaign is done. You kind of say, like, okay, this was good. This was bad. This is what we should do going forward. This is what we should not be doing going forward. And that is a basic rundown of, like, four semesters of PR (laughs) work. Yeah, I was like, wow, this one felt like you were taking notes. (laughs) I was looking at my notes when writing this. Yeah, I know. I saw you, like, on the couch this morning, like, flipping through your notebook. (laughs) So, um... You do have some background on the Empire, which I remember you were sitting at our kitchen table and you go, damn, this is a lot of research I got to yeah. do. <laughs> yeah, I looked at Wikipedia. The, the The size of that cursor was, um, let's just say small is is the <laughs> word I would use. Well, I'm, that's like what fills most of Joe's brain is um, Star Wars knowledge. I already hmm. have my first two paragraphs. It, uh, up up in the brain. Yep. So I'll I'll let Sean do a little uh, background and then no we'll 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 interject. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, interjective. Like I get something wrong or you have something to add. Of course. Oh, I'm sure Joe. 
Joe will 100% correct me, I'm sure. Okay. So the background that I kind of found was the Galactic Empire was birthed soon after the Clone Wars and the dissolution of the Republic. So like after... The first episode of Bad Batch. Yes. Yeah, like the last like the last hour of the last hour of Revenge of the Sith and then like Bad Batch, of course, is the birth of the Empire, essentially, Mm -hmm. where it is described as a fascist government that rules over thousands of star systems by former chancellor, newly proclaimed Emperor Sheev Palpatine, although known as just like Emperor Palpatine of Naboo. That guy. He orchestrated the Clone Wars and rose to power through manipulation and lies. His right-hand man slash brute, which I don't know if Sam's going to like me saying this, about <laughs> uh, former fave. former Jedi Knight Anakin Skywalker, new, newly dubbed Darth Vader. I mean, it's not a lie. It's not. I mean, no. yeah, like, he is kind of like the muscle of, really of the Empire. Do you think Anakin was really the brains? We were just watching Rogue One, just the end of it. Do You saw what he did to those poor, poor rebellion like, boys. Like, that, that, that's Darth Vader. If we're talking strictly about Anakin... Can we think about the Clone Wars at any time that Anakin was smart? Half of the time it was a, considered a war crime against the Geneva Convention. <laughs> I was going to say the war crime. He, he killed a population of people because they hurt his mother. <laughs> I'm sorry. Can we? I, I think about um, what the the beginning of season seven when he actively uh, yeah. does a false surrender, which is against yeah. the Geneva Conventions. Yep. Okay. Yeah. But there's no Geneva Conventions in Star yeah. Wars. So, no Geneva. That's also the it. third time he's done that. Yeah. So. And, uh, they don't even have Geneva. Right. They have Geonosis Convention. The Geonosis Convention. <laughs> but um, going back to what I have in front of me, I feel like I'll be corrected with this. But overall, the Empire lasted about 24 years, I want to uh, say. Yeah, that's about right. <laughs> okay, that's right. I, I thought you go. Give you or could... take a couple of months. Yeah, 24 yeah, or like, so. We're rounding up. We're I, rounding I, up. I thought you going, uh, no. Uh, actually. <laughs> well, I, no. I read something that said it was like 157 years, but that didn't sound right whatsoever. No, no, that... no that's the period known as like the fall of the Republic. It's like 200 to 150 years. I was going to say, Anakin would be totally like. separate from. No, yeah, <laughs> no, yeah I, I knew that was wrong. So, like, this was after Order 66, mm-hmm. which um, this was 19 years battle before Revan, which is like the time stamp that they use in kind of just, uh, the Star Wars yeah. I guess, community. And it lasted until the Battle of Jakku which is five years after Yavin. And which I, did you hear the thing that they were trying to change the timeline for like uh, battle before uh, Starkiller? Starkiller? Like the base. Oh right the base. They were trying to change the timeline. Uh, not not the proto Luke Skywalker no the base. <laughs> yeah no not proto Luke Skywalker I mean the base in Force Awakens. Yeah. So then, for the most part, the leadership and execution was by Palpatine until he was killed, I'm using killed in air quotes, over <laughs> the Battle of Endor by uh, Vader. And then they shifted to like a bunch of leaders until it was ultimately di- disbanded after the Battle of Jakku. Which I have just a few notes and operations of, of note. <laughs> yeah. Damn, so, well, this is like a, a, a real... Um... Which this, this feels like a real project. Uh, I know this sounds like a history lesson. I'm sorry for the viewers, but like, well, <laughs> if, if you haven't watched Star Wars, this is a great way to start. I guess <laughs> is that you're gonna be getting a full history lesson from two 
well, we're all Star Wars nerds. We but are. I think the biggest Star Wars is Joe. Yeah. Because the fact she is the biggest Star Wars. She's the biggest Star Wars. <laughs> okay, bigger than George Star Wars. <laughs> okay, so just a quick rundown. Okay. So the first is the action action at Mustafar, which is where they basically took up all the people in uh, Separatists right. and Darth Vader killed them, basically making the. Separatists no longer existent. This was that the uh, kind of like mid to late portion in the Revenge of the Sith movie. Mm-hmm. There's the Battle of Scarif where the Rebellion stole the plans for the Death Star in Rogue One. There's mm-hmm. the Battle of Yavin 4, which is the Rebellion's victory and destruction of the first de- Death Star. Bob Endor, Rebe- Rebellion's victory over the Empire. And the destruction of the second Death Star, there is Operation Cinder, which Sam might have to help me out with, which is after Palpatine's death, he had a bunch of messenger droids deliver the message that the Empire worlds would basically be destroyed and kind of like burn all files, essentially. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah, no, that that's basically what Operation Cinder was for, um, you know, me and Joe both played uh, Battlefront 2. Okay. So that's basically what happened. And any major... M- Imperial cities on planets were just glassed. That sucks. <laughs> like it, it was briefly mentioned in um, the Mandalorian. Yeah. Was it? Yeah. Yeah, uh, from the guy on the uh, planet. From the one comedian dude who's <laughs> the the bald comedian guy. Yeah. Bill Burr. Yeah, Bill Burr. Oh, Bill Burr. Bill Burr mentioned. Right, right, right. right. He, he mentioned how he was there. He mentioned how like his platoon got killed in Operation Center. Yep. Basically, Palpatine was like, his whole thing was, if the empire like if i die the empire fails like no one can have the empire i don't know if i'm a crosshair voice and a palpatine voice no don't do don't do the voice um not loud (laughs) it was more of a you know if i can't have the empire Uh, nobody can okay thank you so uh he sent he what, what was built like what kind of do you know they built large planetary disruptors that basically turned the environments on these planets into like Kind of like what you'd see in an apocalypse scenario. Like, if you've ever seen the movie 2012 with all the superstorms and the yeah. gigantic earthquakes and volcanoes spontaneously erupting, totally sci fi, totally not like, you know, feasible, but definitely catastrophic. Yeah, I think I read those like climate generators or something. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So those were sent to all the major. Um, okay. So, and that was Operation Center. Yep. And the last one I have is the Baojaku, which is the last. The. the I keep kept reading it, saying it was the final stand of the empire. Where after this empire, after this battle, the empire surrendered and they were slowly disbanded. Mm. But they all went into the, not the outer ring, the uh, the, the uncharted regions, the unknown yeah. regions, and regathered. And of course, yeah, yeah. yeah I don't have any. Um, I don't have any first order stuff in here, so Let's like that. after Battle of Jakku, I didn't really care. Because <laughs> okay. that's all the first order. And I wanted to just bring up like a point uh-huh. in just Star Wars writing. I asked my mom, I go, Mom, because we know she watched The Force Awakens on DVD with me. I go, Mom, do you know what the First Order is? She's like, oh, well, no. She's like, Empire 2. I'm like, you you would be correct. Yeah. But never once is it explained in the movies really? that the Empire is, sorry, oh, right. that the First Order is literally the fractals of the Empire. Like They're setting that up in The Mandalorian. They're just using The Mandalorian to clean up the scraps. To be fair, that's what Clone Wars was. And that's what Ahsoka's gonna be, too. Yeah. For Rebels. Well, like, Clone Wars was the cleanup crew for the prequels. Yeah. So, no, I can't even be mad. 
Sean, yeah. PR stuff. PR stuff. <laughs> okay, so the first thing I have is situation, which if you remember what I said in the beginning, the situation is basically like what is happening and what is the problem. So the first thing is that they want to do a complete rebrand. So they saw how, and I'm using some stuff that I remember from season seven. I remember Sam's favorite characters, the Martell twins. Oh, talking. my f- the Martezes, yeah. <laughs> my favorite characters. I know they're your favorite characters by the fact that you keep saying Martell and not Martez. <laughs> Um, wait. It's Martez. I think, I think Martell is Game of Thrones people. Uh, <laughs> you know what you do? I was yeah. just like, why do they say Martell, not Martez? It's they like also had some. Time. They also had some castles somewhere. I don't know about that, but I don't know if that was canon. But I think they had some castles somewhere. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. the Martez twins, there my favorite are. characters. Okay, so I remember in season seven when they are stuck in like basically the Pike Jail right, with uh, Ahsoka that they were talking about how. Uh, the twins' mother was killed in, like... Both of their parents were yeah, killed. Yeah, the, the, their parents were killed. I forget how, if it was, like... I remember how. Okay, which... Midge, take it away. So, essentially, uh, remember when Maul was trying to get that one hut out of jail? I remember his name. Kinda. I think it was Zero. 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 Yeah. So, they were getting out of jail, and so, of course, the Coruscant Guard or whatever were going to chase after them. So, I guess... Maul shoots one of the ships, and it goes careening into the side of the Coruscant Underworld, you know, that big tunnel? Yeah. Right directly at where the Martez twins' is, like area was, where they lived with their Are parents. Are they twins? I think Roth is older. Okay, uh, Roth Martell's is older. Roth is significantly the sisters. older. So, sisters. Sisters. We keep saying they're so, twins. I don't know. I think that might be what the book. I don't remember. Okay. Anyway, so it goes directly into, I think it was around there. Cad Bane. I don't think that was Maul. Oh, you're right. Yeah, it was Cad, Cad Bane. Bane. I'm sorry. I don't know why it I said It was Maul. Cad Bane. Okay. Um, so Cad Bane shoots this one ship, and it goes careening into the side of the underworld. And so um, their parents died. And the reason why they hit the Jedi is because this one Jedi yes. tried to comfort them, and it really didn't work. Luminara. Lumin- was it Luminara? I believe so. Oh. I remember it just said it was green. Um, it, uh, sh- the Jedi was green. And so that's why they hate the Jedi, because obviously the Jedi was very kind of... Because the Jedi are like all like, don't focus on your emotions. It's not, that's not what children whose parents just died need. Sorry, Sean, you were seeing, like, you were talking about that episode, and I'm like laughing, because I'm just like, you dumped the spice! Oh, God. <laughs> I think that's one of the best, uh, I think that's one of the best lines, but besides, I hate sand. Um, I hate the spice. <laughs> flying is a feeling. Flying is a feeling, I too. That, <laughs> okay. I hate that subplot okay, so much. Okay, but the reason I brought this up, because um this, this along with several other things is why people didn't really d- trust the Republic anymore. Yeah. Like, in that whole scene, uh, Ch- Trace and Rafa are saying, like, yeah, because of this, we don't trust the Republic anymore. So, the Empire kind of acknowledges, saying, like, hey, people don't really trust us anymore, so let's kind of basically do, like, a 180 rebrand and saying, like, hey, we don't want the Jedi anymore, we don't want uh, clones anymore, even though they have the Stormtroopers, essentially. And they, they're really focused on, like, different things that the empire was not so like obviously order 66 they're saying like okay the jedi are no good people don't really trust the jedi anymore order 66 wipe them all out so that's like basically the situation saying that okay the problem is people do not trust us anymore how do we fix that kill no (laughs) genocide (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah okay maybe not genocide but (laughs) I agreed with what you were saying first is like how do we fix this religious genocide yeah so they need to get rid of basically basically the space monks a little bit yeah, but they didn't really succeed because a, a good few number of them did like live through orders them. I feel like 50. there's more than five 50? 50? I'm pretty sure that's the number that's I think... the force is still unbalanced then damn yeah I, I, 
I think more people survived Order 66 than died, honestly. Like, what? <laughs> Ahsoka survived, Obi-Wan survived, Quinlan Yoda. Vos probably survived, Yoda. No, wait, does, does Quinlan Vos survive? It's, it's, he, it's, it's, it's a theorized... Right now, but I guarantee you they're going to use him for something later. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Because um, I, I don't remember if he survived a Dark Disciple. I'm assuming he did. Can't... Can, uh, Kanan. Kanan survived. Kanan, Caleb. Uh, Cal. Cal. Cal survived. There's a lot of them. Okay. There was more than... Yeah, but... And where do you think all those Inquisitors came from? Okay, True. but I'll, I'll I'll explain that, like, later. Like, I have, like, a whole thing on saying, like, how, like, the Empire doesn't really tell everyone the truth, and that's yeah. very strategic because they don't really want everyone finding out. You think they're going to tell people about the Mm-mm. Death Star? Are you oh, kidding? No. <laughs> Why do you think it was secret plans? Yeah, yeah, they're strategic about who they told things to. Well, yeah, to. I don't think they're really going to tell you too much about their giant military device. About their murder ball. Their murder ball that they're going to use against people who don't yeah. agree with them. What do you think uh, the U.S. didn't tell people about, like, the topping nuclear gun and drop on Japan twice? <laughs> y- yeah. There, there's going to be, like, protests and stuff if we said anything about that. Yeah, I think there would there'd be protests if, like, which, if uh, we had a the United States like we're making a murder ball yeah and then we're gonna like shoot at Russia like I don't think that would go over very well okay but that's essentially the situation so we're gonna move on to step two which is organization so the organization part as like as what I said is who's basically in charge of it this could either be like an entire company or people so for this one I'm gonna mainly focus on people and there's three in, in particular I want to focus on so first I want to focus on Palpatine. So Palpatine obviously is at the head, but he kind of works in the background. We don't really see Palpatine until 6 if you watch them. If you watch them, the order they came out in. You don't really see him until episode 6. Yeah, like so, fully see, because like we get like little snippets of him. Uh, I, yeah, I guess in uh, Empire Strikes Back. I believe it's Empire Strikes Back the first time we actually see him. Yeah. But uh, we don't see him in person until 6. Uh-huh. So like he's basically just like working in the background, which is very fitting, because that's what he did during the Clone Wars. He... He uh, kind of not he manipulated his way into basically the seat of the chancellor, and then from there he orchestrated orchestrated the events of the Clone Wars, and that's how he kind of rose to power to become emperor. So he still kind of just is in the background, but he is very like manipulative and very strategic about everything he does. So this is this makes sense because the empire is very strategic and doesn't really tell everyone about everything that they're doing, and they're very. They're very selective about what they say, as well as I want to focus on Sam's favorite, Anakin slash Vader. So in my notes, Sam might not like this, Anakin is very emotional. We know this from his, we know this from his mother. He was very attached to his mother. So he did some very emotional stuff, like killing a whole village of sand people over his mother. Did his mother die? The correct term is Tusken Raiders, if we want to be politically correct, Sean. (laughs) Okay, I was... I've been told that you can call them both, so we'll just say people... That's really problematic for you to say sand people. <laughs> the PC way is Tuscan Raiders. Fine, the Tuscan Raiders that killed Anakin's mom. Yeah. So he was very emotional about that, but there's also very two other people that he was... Well, I guess three. I didn't put Obi on this list, but he was very connected with Obi. Obi yes. was like a brother-father figure. Yeah. Where um, he was very connected to his wife Padme. Padme, he was basically willing to dis- destroy an entire government because of her. That's your standard, Sam. Yeah. <laughs> Me and Joe just looked at each other. Yeah. Uh... So he's he gets like very very attached to people, and that's not really the best in government. As well as he got attached to his Padawan Ahsoka, who is basically like a sister and family to him. 
where like when he left he like felt like, when she left he felt like very like sad and kind of just there's like a hole in the order a little bit so like Anakin well, that, is, that's what he kind of saw the fl- like he always saw that the Jedi were kind of flawed but yeah. I think that was kind of a breaking point for him to show like he's like no the system is like really broken to the fact that Ahsoka <laughs> felt like she had to leave damn it's brutal out of here <laughs> <laughs> um so Anakin is like a very emotional person and this makes sense with his character because like everything he does is very emotion Driven. or oriented like so, like uh didn't you say that his suit was like super uncomfortable so like he oh. was like really angry all oh, the time oh you know Palpatine purposely made the suit and his prosthetics extremely painful and uncomfortable to wear to to um channel the anger that yeah. would also you know fuel his this makes sense this is why he's the brute yeah as well as I have like three like kind of like major but minor characters like Tarkin, Rampart, which is from Bad Batch, and Thrawn, which is from some of the books and Rebels, Rebels. where like all three of them are equally harsh and cruel, but some are more fair. I'm saying like Thrawn. Thrawn was more strategic than cruel. Sorry, the Thrawn Kenny would like to speak. Yes. Go on. So I also wanted to uh, mention, because I didn't look over the notes before, that there were two other people that were well, three-ish, but one was kind of just like off to the side. That were involved in Palpatine's campaign to sort of uh, produce propaganda. That was Masamita, the Grand Vizier, okay. and Sate Pestage, who is his strategic advisor. Okay. They both played a, a big hand. That's why the propaganda posters you see, which are very reminiscent of World War II propaganda posters. I do have some of the posters pulled up for a reference. Okay. Yeah, they're, they're very reminiscent of World War II propaganda posters on both the fascist side, being it Italy and... Germany and even Japanese propaganda posters and the allies because it was kind of like the style of the decade, I guess. Mm -hmm. But they were meant to instill like nationalistic pride in the citizens of the empire. And that was come up with by those two advisors. The person who was kind of more off to the side who we don't really know had much involvement was Slymore, the Embaran. Okay. So like, I don't really have much to comment about her, but I just wanted to acknowledge her existence. Okay, great. Thank you. This is this is great. So I thought you were gonna say something about the wrong because you, you oh. like she yeah. Was like... <laughs> yeah, but what my point is that these people were equally harsh and cruel. So the empire, because there is like a lot of harshness and like cruelty and like just like fascism, fasc- fascism, if we can kind of call it that. This is why the empire works as it is. So like it makes sense why the organization is very like cruel and very iron fisty. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I, that didn't really. That, the, the, that didn't sound right, but. Iron fisted. It, it's. <laughs> sounds worse. It's a fascist government. Let's just it's, say it's, it's that. Yeah. But my last point for uh, organization is that, like, this is kind of like a double edged sword because, like, on one hand, you can really. You can easily convince people to go with your cause with no mental struggle. But adverse, once trust is lost, it might be really, really hard to get back. It's like the thing where, like, if you lie to your parents, they're like, okay, you lied to us once. How can we trust you again? Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, very that. Okay. Step three, this is also a step I think the normal person would, or like the person outside the PR sphere would understand, which is the publics, which is basically the people that you're targeting. Yeah, after step three, we're just going to go on a quick break. Yeah, so. Yes, know. I'm also like trying to like go through this. Yeah, no, I, I, just give me a little bit of a time limit. <laughs> okay, yeah. Okay, so the publics is 
It's really hard to kind of pinpoint who the public for the galaxy is. All of them. Yeah. All of them. <laughs> Which is very problematic for the PR world because when you want when you do want to do a campaign, you have to have like a very not niche, but you have, you have to have a target audience. I guess you have to have, have like kind of like a small but big audience. You want someone that's big enough that you'll notice them, but small enough that it's not everyone. Mostly yeah. the interim, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of the politicians, mm. I suppose. Yeah. Well. Well, this is how many politicians come uh, episode four. Well, I, I think there was like. I want to say, like, three groups that I found. They mm -hmm. wanted to find people who were fragmented from the Republic, so it wouldn't be hard to get them back. You wanted worlds that were rich with resources and cheap labor, and you wanted humans. The The Empire was extremely xenophobic from what I saw oh, in yeah. my research. Oh, yeah. This is why things like Fra Thrawn getting Grand Admiral was so monumental. <laughs> yeah, they, they were very xenophobic. Rarely do you see any aliens yeah, well, looking think for the about it, like, that think is that is military or uh, anything politi like politics. I, yeah. I feel like it helps that Thrawn is very humanoid. He's literally just blue with red eyes. Yeah. That's the only difference and got, between him and, got and, the, and human. He got the pronounced eyebrow. Yeah, that's the, like the only difference. If, if someone like a Mon Calamari or someone like yeah. a Jawa, no, not like, gonna fly. Like I think it was a YouTube video I watched ages ago where basically the people who are like building like these these death stars and these stations and everything they were aliens so aliens were basically kind of like slave oh, yeah, labor oh no 100% sure. uh, the wookies were entirely mm -hmm. used as slave labor the wookies i think the geonosians um I guess Twi'leks, but they're more like sex slaves. <laughs> yeah, kind of. But um, yeah. I, I think male Twi'leks were also used for labor. Yeah. Okay. But jo yeah. Joe's nodding her head. <laughs> but yeah. So like, this is like kind of like a problematic uh, step for them because like the publics aren't really clearly defined. It's more saying like, oh, I guess these would be the people that they kind of go for. Yeah. But unfortunately, like it doesn't really have like a concrete public. Which makes it hard, especially when researching and doing like later steps, because publics are very important. So when the public isn't really defined, it's very hard to figure out what the rest is. So, so then we are past the research portion, and now we're going into more strategy-oriented stuff. Yep. So, I'll just give like a little preface, like steps four and step five. These are things that are not necessarily my strong suit, but I know enough that I can kind of get my way past it. <laughs> So these might be a little bit of shorter sections. So to begin, we're going to do goals and objectives first. So I just need to make a quick distinction between a goal and an objective. A goal is a little bit more long-term and based in what the company is kind of standing for. Uh, objective is more short-term and rooted in the goal. I, I had a hard time figuring that out. I don't know if anyone else did. So like I thought I'd just make that distinction real quick. <laughs> so Thank you. <laughs> so first, I think... Personally, I think the goals and objectives here are also like a kind of weaker section because other than rule the galaxy, they don't really have anything. <laughs> they don't really have anything no, no, concrete. Nothing's major. Yeah, it's, like I was looking on a not even Wikipedia, literally Wikipedia, where like the only goal they really had was be the only ruling government. ruling government of the galaxy. I'm saying like, okay, like that's cool and all, but like. Can, what can, else can is I, can, there? Can we have some more? No, yeah, like, just like the publics and, like, the goals and objectives, which are, like, really important sections for PR, isn't great. So, like, research-wise, I think the Empire is good. Everything else, I think they're a little weaker 
on, so like I don't really think the Empire has a great PR. <laughs> PRs. <laughs> and they don't really have a PR team. I don't think they're too worried about it. No, they don't have a, a good uh, alien PR team, unfortunately, <laughs> which I would love to be a part of, but oh uh, well. We, we need, they, they need a diversity hire. Yeah. <laughs> Human diversity hire. <laughs> um, so, yeah, like their primary goal was just to restore like chaos after the the Clone Wars, but like they don't really... It's just, like, kind of, like, hard to really see it. Like, it's... The way you see it in, like, the movies and stuff is just, like, oh, like, we're gonna overtake the system. Like, I I think it was uh, something that Sam showed me, like, a month or so ago where, like... It's weird how uh, the oh, it's like you know so. What I'm about. It's so. So I saw TikTok. It's like it's so weird. It's like you capture like one city and st- like on a planet, and you like you you have the planets like. Well, me and Joe were joking because we're uh, me, Midge, and Joe are from Staten Island. Like you capture like the CVS on Amboy, and you have the island, dude. <laughs> like, yeah. You, you you capture one part of the of the planet in Star Wars. You're like we, sir, we have <laughs> we conquer the planet. <laughs> yeah. So like. They don't really, like, dive much into it. You only really see, like, occupations and stuff when talking about, like, the Empire and even, like, the Separatists. Like, you just, like, see, like, occupations and people just, like, going to, like, curfew and all that. That's really, like, all they really have. There's, like, no, like, concrete goals and objectives, unfortunately. Yeah. Okay. So that was goals and objectives. We'll just, like, move on to action and response strategies. Another distinction, because I don't think everyone knows what action and response strategy is. Action strategy is something tangible that happens while a response strategy is basically saying like think of a response strategy is like saying like oh you messed up on something basically saying i'm sorry that's like a response strategy so for the most part the empire uses action strategies to gain their control primarily through organizational performance special events and alliances slash coalitions organizationally they kind of focus on the quality of their message and saliency which is basically the amount of information they're willing to give the audience and how they kind of take it so they kind of, they don't so organizationally they just do what they do like they're like okay we're gonna go into like a quick like quarantine or we're gonna do like uh, occupation a little bit that's really their organizational strategy like it's not the weakest I think the other two are a little bit stronger for special events I was talking to Sam this morning kind of like figuring out if they had like special events or anything I was thinking about Empire Day and uh. Rebels, uh, where, like, that's, like, that's more just, like, a morale booster saying, like, oh, the Empire is so great. We do this yearly celebration to make sure, like, like people stay on. Ju- it's, like, 4th of July. <laughs> yeah. Space 4th of July. Absolutely. <laughs> Space 4th of July. And then, and you also say that they, like, host galas and they, stuff. That is more for the politicians, mil- like, high military ranks and upper class citizens. Um, I read the book Lost Stars, which is great. I love that book. Um, and for, like, the top of the Imperial Academy, of the Imperial Cadets, they did bring them to this gorgeous gala, and I believe Joe was, was Palpatine at that gala? Do you remember? Yeah, Yeah, he, he was there, like, no, this was very, um, kind of early, I don't know, it's kind of like early to mid of the Empire's reign. Okay. So they did host galas, and they would bring, like, high-ranking students, uh, high-ranking cadets from the Imperial Academies to go to these galas. Yeah, but, like, stuff like that, it's, like, a morale booster and kind of, like, they use, like, buzz in a lot of my classrooms. <laughs> so, like, just, like, saying, like, oh, like, they did Empire Day. Oh, they hosted this gala. Like, it's, like, you're very much in the public eye and stuff. Well, and- I, I see even, like, for projects, you've been, like, organizing events. 
I, uh, quotations. Oh, uh, yeah. I had to do a f- organizing a fake event for one of my uh, classes recently. It, it, it was tiring. I'll just say that. <laughs> <laughs> um, and finally, just uh, finally is coalitions and grouping. I didn't really find a lot for this, but I know that the Empire does like kind of like support like different like fashion factions and stuff. And I know that they kind of like are a part of, I want to say, organized crime around the galaxy. Oh, like, no, they um, so like around Solo, th- like the movie, uh, they were paying like organized crime syndicates to basically kind of destroy them. They're like, look how good the Empire is. We saved you from all these gangs and stuff like they funded organized crimes to make themselves look better yeah, yeah like i was researching something because i'm writing something for star wars um about um like what was up with lord mantel the like at the other room the black sons had like a deal with the empire yeah uh, okay. to, like do yeah. stuff jo- okay so i am writing that. Jo- joe had a comment they also do this with insurgency groups we saw this on ryloth they oh, fund yeah. them they let them go with just enough leeway that they can get away with a few small acts maybe a couple big ones and then all of a sudden they swoop in and they crush them swiftly and then they say look at the might of the empire we can you know we can do so much that these rebels can't it's an effective tool to we show a cool. measure of strength and i don't know if this is necessarily the same thing but like even like the inquisitors are just like a grouping within the mm-hmm. empire a little bit too we're saying like, oh, you see these people in like the funny starships, and you see the people with the double-sided lightsabers. Oh, you recognize that this is the Empire, and they're all a part of a collective. Yeah. Okay. And they're here to protect you from the dangerous Jedi. Yes, Jedi are a problem, so we're using other Jedi to get rid of them. Oh, Correct. By, by the way, I I counted how many, uh, at least on the wiki, the Wikipedia that says survived, forty-four Jedi. At least a few. One is in legend and one is presumed or, like, theorized, which is Quinlan Voss, and I don't remember the, the legend one. But 44 Jedi survived. Order so Anakin failed. The Force is still not balanced. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> okay. Okay. So we're just going to move on to the last step of the kind of strategy portion, which is using effective communication. I think the Empire is really good at using rhetoric. So... Hi, I'm a. <laughs> I'm also a writing minor, so I take a lot of rhetoric classes, and I learn a lot about like ethos and pathos and logos and kairos and stuff. Fun what? stuff. Oh yeah, fun. I don't know if I would call mm. those fun, but yeah, no, no, I'm being sarcastic. Yeah. I get it. No, no worry. No, they're important to know, I guess, especially yeah. for stuff like this. So I think the empire is really good at using three of these. I think they're good at using ethos, they're good at using pathos, and they're good at using kairos. I don't know what kairos is. Ka- yeah, it's something new I learned about like a month ago. So like, <laughs> yeah, I know what ethos, pathos, and logos. We is. learned that in like middle in like high school. Yeah, I learned that in, like AP English. I, I learned that in writing one, but hey, we're not gonna talk about that. <laughs> but um, so ethos that is the credibility one where they have high ranking officials like Tarkin and Thrawn and sometimes Palpatine. Like think about the mid to late section of Revenge of the Sith where like Palpatine is in front of the Senate oh, yeah. where like Padme is like this is where <laughs> this is where the Republic dies no, and stuff this is how democracy dies with a thunderous applause love yeah. that line yeah like <laughs> that whole like speech is basically like Kairos think about it as well oh, as like okay. Tarkin talking to like Lothal and like Price and like Thrawn like and basically Rampart. saying like oh this is the Empire we're so good like you believe these people because they're a part of the Empire yeah so that's the good... And, and these are, like, the strongest pillars of the Empire. Exactly. So that's where the credibility comes from. Mm-hmm. As well as they have pathos, like, you're uh, the posters that you, we're going to talk about in a little bit. Though Those are very emotional. You see them, and you're stricken with, like, some type of emotion. Either it's fear or it's pride 
or it's something. They all have kind of just like strong emotions tied with it. And they want to make sure that you know that the Republic and the Rebellion are bad and the and the Empire is good. And that you should trust the Empire over the over the past group and the upcoming group. And the final one is Kairos, which is rhetoric focused on urgency. Think about some of the and this can even go to like the World War Two posters too. Where it's saying like join the Empire, join the Yeah, I, I have a, a Join really, the Allies, right? I, I have yeah. a really cool um uh, poster pulled up where it is like it's red and orange it's like these blood like colors really uh, strong colors of x-wings with a exploding city and goes do you think they want peace rebels or terrorists which yeah by definition they are yeah but kind of <laughs> okay terrorists uh, <laughs> no we do not wmsc does not we do not represent <laughs> wmc's views on terrorism yeah <laughs> oops. Continu- oops continue okay. <laughs> so yeah Basically, these two posters, they're saying, like, oh, like, join us because you, because we need you just as much as you need us. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I know that we're kind of running out of time. I, so I we're need to go. tell you to pick it up. But. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so, well, do uh, the taxes and evaluation quick. So, I know Joe had one or two things to say about tactics. Say them. There you go. Yeah, so specifically, like, the propaganda side of a fascist government, they're very much... Uh, like, it's very much about presentation rather than actual... Because I, I took a lot of history classes and a lot of classes like uh, government and stuff like that, um, you know, in, in my college. Uh, they talked about how the dynamics of a fascist government is very much focused on the removal of the self from the equation. That's why all the stormtroopers wear faceless masks. Even the army troopers have their half faceplates and goggles because... Everybody has to be the same. When you see somebody who is distinct, like Wolfie Lauren or Grand Moff Tarkin or Grand Admiral Thrawn, you see their faces in their uniforms. They have these distinct uniforms with these bright colored badges that sort of puts forth a great man theory, like or, or the idea of a great man, where like the reason these people are where they are is because they are great and we should strive to be like them. Like the removal of the self... But the implementation of an aspiration towards becoming one of these great men. It's like, it, it's really effective, especially in the propaganda, because you see, like, you know, like you said, the, the urgency of, you know, join the Empire today, you know, join the Stormtrooper Corps. It's like, be one of these, like, super cool tough guys and, like, you know, the coolest soldiers in the galaxy. It's really, like, it's very effective in, in driving up recruitment numbers. And that's a lot of what happened with the, like, when we had that you know, all those posters of, like, these evil-looking caricatures of, like, Nazi Germany Mm -hmm. and Imperial Japan. It's like, you know, know, join our, uh, you know, join the army. You know, the Uncle Sam, we want you. That sort of, like, that was very much, like, it's very much reminiscent of that because that strategy is so effective. I also just have another cool poster pulled up where it is um, three types of Stormtrooper helmets and it says, see the galaxy, join the Empire. Okay. Yeah. Like, oh, look, it's like a vacation. Oh, yeah. I think uh, they did that in America, saying, like, travel the world, do, be in the army and stuff like oh, that. Oh, yeah, no, they oh, did that with sure. the Navy. Okay, well, thank you, Joe and Sam. I'll just, like, I'm going to com- combine these two steps because they're pretty much the same. So the way that they do, like, for tactics is mainly, like, just, like, propaganda. So the three they really do is uh, public media, print media, and electronic media. Public media is, like, think about, like, newspapers and stuff, like, and, like, even like this, this could be called public media because like we're a radio station and stuff. So like they even like have like a lot of like radio stuff. Like think about uh, the fight between uh, uh huh. 
<laughs> Which movie was it in? No, it was in uh, Rebels, the guy in uh, Thrawn over the fulcrum thing. Oh, oh, Callus? Yes, Callus and uh, Thrawn over the radio station. Thank you. Like, that would be, like, a public media where, like, they're distributing a message over, like, radio waves, essentially. Right. Print media, very self-explanatory. That would be, like, the flyers posted in, like, cantinas and stuff. As well as electronic media. Think about, like, holograms and, like, broadcasts and stuff like that. That would be, that'd be electronic media. And they, the implication is that they would really, they would focus on, like, public perception. They would see something happening and kind of, like, cater it and, like, turn it. With every kind of thing that they do. Yeah. Okay. Like, I, I just think of, like, you know, any time the rebels probably attack, they were like, look how bad this is. Yes. This is terrorism. Okay. Okay, and I finally got everything. Woo-hoo. Okay, so step nine and the final step is evaluation. I will give the Empire this. They are very good at making adjustments. So they every time that they do, like, a propaganda or, like, a campaign or something, they realize what's good and what's bad and kind of change it and incorporate it into the next thing. Like you're saying with, like... They look at, like, the pop culture of the galaxy <laughs> and kind of see, like, okay, like, this is happening. We had to kind of think about this when we're doing our next propaganda poster, our next broadcast, or our next radio thing. Where they see, like, okay, like, the rebels did this. The the old republic did this. We don't want to be associated with this. So they make changes and really know, like, seeing, like, hey, like, this worked for one thing, but it's not going to work for the next thing. So, like, they're really good at kind of changing things and making adjustments, I feel. Yeah, no, I say that's accurate. Do you you have a thought? Yeah. Yeah, my one critique of their inability to adjust is in relation to the Tarkin Doctrine, where they're like, bigger war machines is better, because Thrawn said it perfectly. I He's never wrong, always bats a thousand. Smaller warships that could fight the tiny rebel picket ships are much better than these grand Imperial Star Destroyers that strike fear, because in a combat scenario, it's not about striking fear in the enemy. It's about eliminating the enemy's efficaciousness in combat so these big bloated ships with these tiny you know tinfoil starfighters are not going to do much against a ship with shields that can hit them with a proton torpedo right where they need to hit them like that's the one the one place but it is an effective propaganda tool those ATATs crawling across hoth were scary as all get out mm-hmm. but they're not really effective up against a couple of tow cables from some like basically would equate to like sky tractors <laughs> Like, it's basically a bunch of rednecks and sky tractors taking down these gigantic, expensive war machines. So it's like how uh, in the 90s uh, we had, you know, tanks going up against Toyota Tacomas slapped together with, like, uh, sheet metal and stuff. And the Tacomas were taking them out left and right because they're small and fast and they can take out these big, heavy war machines. It's the one downfall, I think, of the Empire's propaganda machine where the propaganda works, but the combat effectiveness didn't. Okay. No, yeah. you, made, you made a good point where, like, the Star Destroyers are scary, but, you know. Yeah, but for the most part, I feel like their their motives and everything could have been a little bit more defined other than take over the galaxy. But for the most part, I think the research and, like, the research and a little bit of tactics kind of portion, the Empire did really well. I think what, what they lacked was kind of just, like, their strategy and kind of evaluation. Yeah. But uh, thank you again for having me talk about this. This is what I love to do, and it also is a topic that I love to talk about. Th- this was very fun. I very much appreciate you. I would love to have another episode talking about this. Oh, oh my! Sure. I need help if we do this. Again. No, like not like fully, but like just like go more in depth to this. Like like go more in depth to this. We talk about Star Wars again. Yeah. I I love PR. PR the first order. Oh my <laughs> God. If we mention Star Wars, when we mention Star Wars again. again. 
Um, but I love this, so thank you both, Joe and Sean, for joining us, and thank yes. you for our DJs. Thank you. It's for, always a pleasure. Thank you for our DJs uh, for listening to us ramble. Um, you're listening to 90.3 WFC with Fandom Fair. Oop. Why'd you turn on my mic? I thought you. I, I thought I pressed Sean's. <laughs> with Sam and Midge. That's us. Um, if you want to, if you did not uh, catch this episode and you would like to or listen to some of our past episodes, uh, we are on Google Podcasts. I got it this time. Woo! And Spotify at Fandom Fair, which is F-A-N-D-O-M-F-A-R-E. I spelt it right. Good job. And then uh, Instagram, want- uh, right? Twitter. We're on in- Twitter and Instagram. Where, if you want to know when we're going live, you can check out that if you'd like. Uh, our Twitter is the same as our Spotify and Google pod- podcasts. <laughs> you must. But up. our mm, but our Instagram, there's an uh, there's an underscore in there because I couldn't get fandom fair because someone else has it. So between the M and the second F, there is an underscore. Uh, so thank you for joining us today. Yes. Um, brush your teeth. Uh, clean your sheets. Drink some water. Yep. And take a shower because you're kind of smelly. A little stinky. We love you. Have a great day. Bye.